Welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Tiger Cast. On the back of yet another win, the Tigers are on fire at the moment, which is very exciting. And we've set ourselves up for a massive Friday night game this week against the Pies, the old enemy. Uh, and we'll no doubt be out for some retribution given the, the previous couple of games we've had against this mob. And tonight I've got a very special guest joining me to go through last week's game a bit of a best and fairest side-by-side comparison uh, as to date, and we'll obviously talk about the Pies game as well. Nick Creeley from, is a sports journalist from Star News Group. Welcome to the show, mate. Uh, pleasure to be here, mate. How are you? Going well, thank you. Uh, long-time Tiger supporter? Long-time Tiger supporter, mate. My whole life, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing club to support, and you know the, the passion of the Tiger Army is you know, better than any club in the land, and yeah, it's a, it's an amazing club to support, and it just seems to be you know growing every year, which is exciting. And how did you, I suppose, end up being a Tiger supporter? Does it run through the family? Yeah, it runs through the family. There's no, I guess, there's no real special um, story that goes with with following the club. It's been a you know a family thing, and um, you know grandparents um, you know went for went for Richmond and. You know, got you know my mum on board, and then and then myself, and you know it's just been a, a really long-standing thing in you know in parts of my family that Richmond's you know such an integral part of us, and you know that'll that'll continue, I'm sure, when I have kids and and further down the line. Very good. And uh, you're a sports journalist for the Star News Group. Um, how did you get involved in that, and what kind of area do you cover? Yeah, so um, obviously studied. Uh, you know, journalism at, at university and, and graduated in 2016. And I was really, really lucky to, to get a, a job almost immediately after uni. In fact, it was actually um, before my final exam that I, I landed the job at, at Star News Group, which is uh, based out in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. And, um, yeah, just a really amazing company to work for. And, you know, they've given me an opportunity to, to start out life as a as a sports reporter and a journalist and yeah it's been a really amazing um part of my life so far and I guess what I cover is you know um grassroots sport and community sport and you know just trying to share the stories of of people in the local community um there's a lot of good and there's a lot of and a lot of negativity that um sometimes comes with sport and it's really a real wonderful privilege to be able to you know share so many great stories and and um, I guess contribute to community sport. And is there aspirations to take that next step to getting into either, I suppose, the TV kind of stuff or Age, Herald Sun, things like that, or you sort of really enjoy yeah. your time there at Star? Um, yeah, tr- probably at this stage, not trying to look too far ahead, but look, obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I like to look ahead somewhat and, you know, obviously, I'm really interested in in potentially, you know, writing books down the track. Um, I love to write, and I love to write feature uh, pieces. And you know, if an opportunity came in in AFL media, obviously, I'd you know probably grab it with both hands. Um, but yeah, probably not looking too far ahead at this stage. But um, you know, definitely one day looking to take another step and and better myself. Fair enough. Well, if you do happen to make it there one day and you start up a podcast, just uh, give us a shout out and I'll happily join you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a tough world out there. It is. Yeah, definitely. And the, the game of the weekend that we had against Port, uh, Richmond 15-11-101 defeated Port 9-9-63. A good win by 38 points, holding on to fifth spot on the ladder. Uh, only now percentage yeah. behind the pies. What did you make of that game? I thought I saw a lot of criticism, I suppose, in social media world about that we didn't win by as much as we should have. But yeah. we've not really been aside to do yeah. that, have we? No, it's it, and you know I don't like to I don't like to place too much pressure on on our club, but I guess it is following a very uh, twenty seventeen path in many respects and. Look, it was a good win. I wouldn't. I would go. I would probably just leave it at a good win, where there was there was elements of the game that were really working well, and there was elements of the game that you clearly need to be worked on. And whether there is one eye to what's to come, we don't we don't know. But there was a lot to like, and particularly what was impressive was we're starting games really really well, and we're almost shutting out games within the first half, and that's the sign of a really good side. We're not 
at the moment, and particularly in the last month, we're not having to claw back. And that's a really important part of what makes us a good side. And I think that's probably the one thing I'm taking out of it at the moment is we're playing well enough for long enough to win games. And do you think that then by design we maybe don't go as hard in the second half? We hold people at bay to conserve energy, maybe looking forward to the week yeah. we've got to come. Is that something that clubs would seriously well, contemplate doing? Well, I, I don't think that they would they would admit that. Um, but there's got to be an element of that. Um, once you shut out a game and you know that you've got a six-day break leading into you know a blockbuster game where there could be 90,000 and playing for you know, a top four spot. There's got to be an element of looking ahead and, um, you know, and that could just be a matter of making sure Martin spends more time forward instead of, you know, in the centre, yeah. in the centre clearances. And there is there is an element of that um, to Richmond and that was a, that's a very um, similar thing in many respects to last year and the latter stages of 2017 as well. Yeah, and that's kind of the angle I was taking with it. I felt like we did that yeah. last year as well. We obviously... Um, stuffed up the prelim but leading up to yeah. that moment yeah it just felt like we were very good at like you said getting that lead early and, uh, and holding teams at bay but it's an interesting pattern mm. it you is know, it's a really interesting pattern. yeah it, it's it's fascinating to know exactly um you know the motivation for you know if you get out to a seven goal lead at half time against an interstate club is, is the motivation still there in the second half to to put the, the foot down and and, you know, chase percentage, which is probably something that we need to still be very mindful of is when yeah. we get out to a lead, we need to be on with it because the percentage is only 107 and a couple of slip-ups in, you know, the next fortnight and you're right back in the pack. So it is important, definitely. Especially with results going our way from other games as well, it does give us a good chance to make up ground. We have made up a little bit of ground, obviously, but, yeah, I yeah. it's an interesting choice they've got to make, whether they bank back themselves in to make the four on points or do they really value percentage that highly? It's uh, interesting to see what those discussions would be like. Um, the big criticism yeah. we kept seeing on the weekend was the overuse of handball. Now, I didn't actually mind this because, to me, it was showing the intent of just going all-out attack, which is kind of what we were used to seeing the last couple of years. Uh, do you feel the yeah. same way or do you think they had to pull it back a little bit with oh. the handballs? I found it fascinating. Richmond have never, never. It's been. It was a unique style. That's what I would probably say. And I think um, it was. I think it was Dion Prestia said after the game um, on radio about how how handball in their way out was their way to counter, I guess, Port Adelaide's press. And um, in a sense, it works. But you feel like if you over handball against a high pressure side. And a clinical side that if you turn it over, they're going to make you pay every single time. I feel like that wouldn't work. But in but in saying that, um, you know, we're, we're a low disposal side. So there was something that changed in the game style against Port Adelaide that definitely did work. And it, it was a really exciting brand of football that Richmond were playing for the most part. They were quick. They were desperate to get the ball moving forward. And, and you know, that's always going to be a positive thing. You don't want... You don't want to be stagnant and you don't want to not be taking the game on. And I thought they took the game on and to their credit, they were able to, there's enough skill and there's enough class to be able to get the job done. It's good to have that up your sleeve as a plan B or just being able to change tempo during a game. If you can go to that manic all-out attack and then go back to sort of a bit more composed chipping around style, I think that could cause some setup and matchup issues for other teams. Yeah, and I think what it actually did was it actually allowed the likes of Lynch and Rewalt and, and Martin to actually be more isolated deep in attack and um, getting the, the Port Adelaide defenders further up the ground to try and defend actually played into our hands a lot. And, you know, Lynch had nine marks and was an imposing presence and I thought every time Rewalt got near the ball, he was, was class as well. So I think what it actually did was benefit our forwards more than any other, I guess, end of the ground in terms of isolating really, really important uh, players to how we want to play. And now we're in a position with those two guys that that, that should be our go-to, essentially, I think. If we can have those two isolated, get it in quick, because defenders can't peel off now. They've got to pay the ultimate respect to both of those players, and then you chuck a Dusty down there as well, and the small forward's running in, and it's complete chaos for them. It's frightening, isn't it? I mean, I think Fox Footy put up that that, uh, that photo of... 
of Lynch and Rewalt standing 15 metres apart and then Martin deep in the square. And, you know, if you are Damien Hardwick, you'd be, you'd be licking your lips looking at that going, this is a this is a side that knows exactly how it wants to win. And that's probably another really... Um, a really great area that I that I got out of our game was was um, we we just know how to win now and we know what it takes and and where the players need to be playing which is which is really exciting. Uh, what about the contested possession count this week? Or sorry, last week against Port, we actually won it by plus twenty one, which has been a huge area of concern for us. Do you think that made a big impact in the way the game unfolded? Yeah, I, as I think I think from memory we won the contested possession. You know, by a similarish um, vein this week as well. So, yeah, it's. It, I guess we, we've ne- again we've never really been a high contested side as well. We've always, I guess, lost the disposals, been a good uncontested side, but probably lacked in contested possessions. Um, you know, for for a number of years now. But I guess that that comes with you know the return of Cochin and. And Shy Bolton, I think, is really underrated in the contest. And, and Dion Presti, I think, was our leading contested ball winner for the, for the game. So they're all in good form. And when that element's another, that really key element is up and about, um, you feel like, you know, Richmond are almost impossible to stop. The other reason why sometimes I feel like we're impossible to beat is just because of how well our back line is gelling yeah. back together now. Obviously, Ranty not being there, it's taken a little while to get everyone you know, back on board and, and work out a new system. But Grimes, Asprey, Vloston, Broad, um, as the the big main key defenders, obviously Hawley and Short do, do the running and the attacking, but those guys just read the play so well, and our ability to set up behind play is just so crucial. Yeah, and I think when, when Rancy went down, there was always going to be a period where we were trying to work out how best to juggle the back line. And I think after the buy, especially, it, it's really gelled. And I think, um, you know, Broad's omission, um, I think it was before the buy, um, was probably the kick he needed as well. And he's really lifted his game and become a really important part of the back line now. And, you know, as you mentioned, Vloston, Grimes, you got Basher Hooley, you got Jaden Short um, now, you know, playing some consistent footy after coming back from injury. And, and Dave Asprey, who, you know, I think slowly becoming one of the most underrated key defenders in the competition. And he's probably been the one, because we all know how good, I guess, Dill Grimes is. He's, he's been an amazing one-on-one defender and interceptor for a number of years. But David Asprey's been the one that I think has taken that next step and become just a really imposing key defender for opposition sides to try and tackle. Absolutely, and we've said it a few times before, but if Asprey doesn't play the role he plays, then Rance, Grimes mm-hmm. and Vlosten can't be the players they are today. Yeah, it, it's, it is a really good point. He, he's, I, I think he's really, really greatly appreciated by Tigers fans. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure people outside of, of Clubland and fans who watch every single game and, and are able to see these things would they don't appreciate probably what David Asprey actually does to our structure and, and the way we want to win games of footy. He he was I thought he was one of our best players against Port Adelaide and he's having a he's having a brilliant year. Yeah, he is. He just the just the marking, the switching of the play, the directing of traffic, he does it all. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't think he's rated that highly outside of our club, but yeah, internally and from a supporter point of view, we all know that if he's a pretty vital part. And I think when he missed a few games it kind of showed, I reckon. It showed that we missed him more than what we maybe thought. Yeah, and I believe he missed the he missed the Adelaide game um, um, yeah, at Adelaide Oval before the bye, and you could really tell that it, even if it was someone like him in the side, we probably could have got closer to them I, what the final mark was. Um, I said straight away, really, if he plays, we win, because there's no way he lets Jenkins and Walker yeah. kick that many goals. And that's not a slide on Garth, yeah. he's just learning his craft, but... Yep. It just wouldn't have happened. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. And Garthwaite's another one, I think, um, you know, his he, lack of experience and probably needs to put on a little bit more size. That was probably found out against the big power forwards. But I think as Tigers fans, we can be really, really pleased that we've got a, a bloke there that's um, developing in the reserves and I think developing at a, at a really nice rate and, we know that next year, if he gets the same opportunities, he'll be able to take them, which is a, a really exciting for us. 
And another player that's been copping a bit of criticism lately is Daniel Rioli. He's probably seemed a bit mm. quieter on the surface. I thought his game against Port was pretty good. 16 disposals, 81% efficiency, but he looked a lot more lively with his pressure. It looked like he had that hunger back. His energy was really good, I thought. Um, there has been times where you, you probably think, oh, is he carrying an injury or um, is he is he just down on form or whatever might be the issue with him. I think this year um, has been pro- probably his, his lowest in terms of output for us, but um, I thought I agree with you completely. His, his game on the weekend showed that there's a lot of zip in his game and He's, a, he's just a match winner and, and he's the kind of guy that you need there in September. He's the kind of guy that will win a game. He'll do something freakish. Um, he'll lay a big tackle and he kind of felt like that was slowly creeping back into his game, which is so exciting because Rioli's on, you know, in September and on the big stage, they know how to win games. And, um, you know, for him to not be in, in his best form and for us to still be knocking on the top four is exciting. Yeah, exactly right. And if you get if you can hit form at the right time, like you're saying, then um, that's a huge bonus for us. Uh, yeah. Ivan Soldo, he's obviously filled a pretty big void for us with uh, Nankervis out. I thought he was fantastic against Lysett, who I think's one been one of the best ruckmen in the comp this year. Uh, look, I know you can look at disposal. He only had ten touches, but five marks, twenty-seven hitouts, two tackles, and a goal. The job he yeah. does week in week out, I think, has been fantastic and can't be undersold with. Um, Nank going down. I think for a long time people would have said if Nank's out, we're shot. That's the end of that's the end of us because we're so reliant on him. But I, I think he deserves mm. a, a massive round of applause, Soldo. And it, it, it's probably this. It's probably a similar situation to Ryan Garthwaite. In we've we've got a a, a fantastic backup ruckman, and um, Soldo's. You know, he's got a long way to go in terms of what he can do around the ground, but. Um, his tap work is fantastic, and I think he's he's a real physical presence. He um, really makes you earn um, your disposals in the centre. And although we, we you know the clearances were probably skewed um, Port Adelaide's way, I felt like he still had a, a big presence on the contest. I thought he beat uh, Lyset, who you know he's one of the most informed ruckmen of the comp this year. And um, when we need to call upon him, if if it is in finals, if you know. God forbid there's another injury. Oh, you'd be so confident bringing this yep. bloke in, in September and for him to have an impact. Absolutely. And I, we'll talk about a bit later about his um, position in the team mm. this week, but I fully agree. I would have no hesitation in him having to play in the event that mm. uh, Nank was down again. Yep. Uh, the other player that played in a, a new position last week against Port was Liam Baker. Come back into the side and played in the back line. So I think I believe we trialled it in the VFL for a week or two. Yep. And he seemed to do all right. What did you make of his go at, uh, in the back line of the AFL level? Um, yeah, I thought it was a really solid game. And, you know, if he, if he does miss this week, he'll be very, very stiff to miss after, you know, picking up 20 touches and, and rebounding the ball nicely. And the one thing um, I've taken out of Liam Baker's game, whether he's played as a small forward or, or rotating through the midfield this year, is he just puts his body on the line and he jumped in front of Pax and he jumped in front of Charlie Dixon um, yeah. <laughs> on several occasions. He He's a fearless uh, kid and um, a massive, massive part of our future. And I think it was good for him to go back to VFL in many respects and, and learn that position because the more players that we have that can adapt, be adaptable within games and throw them back or throw them forward is going to benefit the club in the long run and, he was really solid, really, really solid. I, I probably felt like ball use and his disposal is something that probably needs to be worked on if he's running out of defence. Um, I think I, from memory, he turned it over a few times and, you know, that's not a knock on him. He's still learning the position, but if he can clean up that area of his game, of his game you, could, you could back him in to be a really, really, um, a really, really uh, important small defender for the, for the side. Do you think it's um, kind of in the mould of what the Bulldogs have done with Caleb Daniel? Yeah, he's a very similar player. I think Caleb Daniel is, um, you know, probably one of the best field kicks in the competition. So if Baker can continue to work on that side of his game, he's fearless, he knows how to find the footy. Um, If he, you know, backs himself in a little bit more and, and gets his kicks and and hits more targets, I think he can be a really damaging player, and he's got a lot of amazing AFL traits, that's for sure. 
He does. The only, I suppose, issue with having him down back, and it's the same issue the Bulldogs face, is when teams mm. manage to work out uh, a bit of a mismatch. I think we saw him at one stage on Charlie Dixon. He gave away a free kick because he was he was essentially no chance of spoiling it. Do you just have yeah. to take the good with the bad in those kind of instances? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, I'm not sure who it was. Caleb Daniel was was mis- mismatched with someone a few weeks ago, and um, you know, I think it could have been a 20-centimetre gap. Um, between who he's playing on um, in defence, and that will happen from time to time. But nine times out of ten, Richmond's defence will cover um, whatever situation arises. So I think in the long run, he's going to be completely fine, whichever position he ends up in. And big Tom Lynch, he's come back into a bit of form. Not that he was out of form as such, but mm. um, he obviously wasn't moving as well as he is now earlier on in the year because he wasn't literally wasn't training because uh, I was having to manage him through it. But now he's training yep. the two times a week. He's looking a lot better now, isn't he? Yeah, and I think with Lynch, um, he's not necessarily a player that you can simply look at the kicks and the marks and the, and the handballs with his game. I mean, what you need, to, what is important is the presence that he's having around the ground and um, his physicality and, and jumping into contests and, and even his tackling pressure, I think, has increased in the last month. And he's he's marketably improved since the buy, and I think now he's had four three-goal hauls in a row, and he's just an imposing, imposing man. It's such a big height and, you know, 100 kilos. It's a frightening prospect when he's up and about, and his timing is run perfectly. Um, and that's probably the thing I'm taking away is uh, David Hardwick all pre-season and, and for half the season was having to justify to the media and to supporters about just we need, need to be patient with this bloke. We need, it's, he's a slow burn. He hasn't played in 12 months. Hardly had a pre-season. We need to give him time to settle and look what you know he does on the weekend. He's, he, I think it was probably if not better than his first game against Port this year, to be honest. He was, yeah. he was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously um, understanding the system a bit more and his he's new yeah. teammates and how the ball's coming in. Um, and I think having Jack by his side obviously gives him a bit more confidence to move up the ground a bit more. So it's a, it's mm. a good time of year for him to come back in some serious form. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you feel like he's the kind of guy that can take the game by the scruff of the neck um, on the biggest stage in a, in a final. Yeah, and that's why he moved clubbed, essentially, wasn't it? He wanted that chance mm. to be on the big stage, have those big moments, yep. and he'll no doubt get his chance, and I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. what he can produce for us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we get stuck into the Collingwood game, uh, you've been running your own kind of set of votes for the best and fairest yep. of where you think it's at, and obviously on our big footy board, we do votes after each game as well. Yep. Um, I think posters can pick can vote for, uh, for five players and the top five vote getters at the end of a week are awarded a five, yeah. four, three, two, one. So we thought yep. it'd be interesting to compare what the big footy top 10 uh, ranking yep. is at the moment versus what you've got. So yeah. we'll work backwards so we can keep the number one as a surprise, I guess. Um, who, who have you got locked in at 10, 10th spot at the moment? Um, I've got Jason Castagna. So do we. Um, and we've got, uh, and Toby Nankervis. Okay. Yep. Um, I guess with, with, Castagna, it's he's had a really good year, and he probably cops um, he probably cops it more than he should. I think he's been our most consistent small forward for two years now, um, having a really really good season, and his energy and his tackling pressure has, has lifted another cog in the last month, especially. He's had a great year. Yeah, and he plays taller than what he actually is too. He's got a lot mm. of dimensions to his game. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, number nine, I've got Sydney Stack. Oh, this, this is a big variation. I won't tell you where we've got stacked just yet, but we've got Jack Ross and Camden McIntosh coming in at number at, in ninth. Ross yeah, had a lot yeah. of good games early on. Obviously, he's pretty important in the yeah. midfield. Um, and I, Camden McIntosh, I actually think he's had one of his best seasons. He he really has, and and I guess we'll get to that um, really soon with the Collingwood game. But he he's he's almost unbeatable on his wing on the MCG and he, yeah he's an integral part of how we want to play. And so and with you having stack, I wouldn't that yep. low. What's uh what's the basis behind that? So in terms of in terms of the, my voting process, so um, instead of I guess a five four three two one, I'm, I actually give each player who plays each round a ranking out of ten, um, and that's based on you know role. 
um, you know, their impact on the contest, how their opponents fared, um, critical moments in matches, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, obviously, Stack came in for the, the GWS game earlier in the season and has kept his spot. Um, and I just haven't been able to fault many things in his game. And, you know, um, for him to be even talked about in a top 10 of, of a best and fairest of, you know, the biggest club in Australia um, is a pretty big pretty big uh, rap on him, I would have thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, who have you got in it, coming in in eighth? I've got Camden McIntosh. Okay, we've got Brandon Ellis, mm-hmm. both yep. women. So yeah, yep. yeah. Like, I, Ellis probably copped a bit early on, and I was—I'll put my hand up—I was the person who was giving a bit of criticism, yep. but I think he probably yep. deserved it with the way he was playing. But his last month and a half, two months have been pretty good. Even his game against Port was pretty good as well. Yeah, Brando's probably um, aside from um, our our great Shane Edwards. Brando's probably my favourite player at Richmond. Um, I'd be really, really disappointed if we lost him. He he's such a gut running um, animal in terms of how he covers the ground. And what's what I love about him is his his overhead marking in the last couple of years has really gone to an, another level. It's it's elite in many ways, and um, I lo- I just love the way he's taking the game on this year. And he's been really efficient by foot as well, which sometimes he, he could probably be accused of maybe floating the ball a little bit and, and, you know, being a little, maybe being a little bit safe with the footy, but he's, he's become a real attacking weapon on the wing and it's great to see. I think one of the big knocks has probably been more his hardness or aggression at the ball and tackling. Yeah. Oh, I think he's worked on that quite a bit, it looks like, in recent times as well. Yeah, but he, and as well, Brando's not, never going to be that inside midfielder. No. Um, and it's, and Dimmer's, you know, I guess openly said about, um, you know, he said earlier in the year about focusing too much on what he does wrong than what he does right. Um, and since we've backed him in, he's he's taken his game to another level. And coming in at seventh, who have you got? I've got Basha Hooley. Okay, we've got Cochin and Edwards. Okay, interesting. Yeah, no, nah. Basha, um, you know, you'd probably say that Basha Hooley could potentially be in my opinion, leading the best and fairest if he hadn't, you know, missed um, four or five games with injury. Um, yeah, he's had a ridiculous year and um, I think he'll be All-Australian. Yeah, he's, he's playing pretty well. Um, he's gotten back to some of his best form and in a, at the start of the year, I think a lot of us may have thought this might be his last year just with the natural yeah. progression of the team, but yeah. I, I don't see any signs of him slowing down and, and bar any nah. kind of injury. I think he's got every right to, to keep going on. Yeah, needs a new deal. I would have thought I'd sign him up very quickly. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just the one-year ones, whatever they want to do. Yeah. He, he obviously yeah. loves the club, so I think yeah. he'll... Yeah, there's no issue in leaving, yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, in sixth place? I've got Brando. Brandon Ellis. We've got, a, we've got a three-way tie at the moment. We've got Vlosten, Baker, and Lambert. Very interesting with, with Baker. That's... Um, Fascinating, yeah. No, uh, with a with a side that's so even, um, it doesn't shock me. Kane Lambert's another bloke you can talk about for for so long, and um, about just how how important and how much he means to how we want to play and how we want to win. Yeah, um, he's he's an unbelievable footballer. Uh, number five, uh, I've got Shane Edwards. Okay, we got uh, we got Bolton, I, and he's probably a bit of a, a late Bolter, pardon the pun, but his yeah. last month of work has been exceptional. I think him back in the midfield, mm. that's his spot. I mean, we've all seen it in the VFL. That's where he gets his best numbers and does the most damage. So mm. it's just been nice to see us being able to slot him back into that position as opposed to the small forward role. Yeah, his, his last three weeks especially, um, I thought when he came back in after the North Melbourne game, and I think he had... Only a handful of touches against um, St Kilda, but then was probably best on against the Gold Coast up up, up at Metricon. And um, geez, how exciting is is Shy Bolton for our future? I mean, he's only a, a third year player. He came to Richmond as the youngest player in the competition, so he's still extremely young and in many ways still really raw. But you can see there's there's elements of so many different um, players that you see in him when he plays and. Um, 
I still don't know which position he's going to end up in, but wherever he ends up, you think he's going to be a a long-term player for us. Well, a lot of us probably feel like he plays similar to Edward, to you have at number five, just with the slick handballs, the awareness in traffic to get out of trouble and bring people into the game. Yeah, and and why he's probably going to be similar to Edward's is I think he... Shane Edwards has shown just how versatile he is and how many positions he can play. And I think Shai Bolton's, you're probably right, he's probably going to be the next Shane Edwards in terms of um, playing in so many variety of roles for us over 10 years and, and shining in every single one of them. And have you liked Edwards' move to the back line? I know he's probably moved back up the ground now, but we've got people back. But what did you think of that move? Um, yeah, I think he... I think I think his first half of the year was absolutely outstanding. Um, I would probably say his last month maybe hasn't been his best month, um, but he's he's a match winner just with his hands and his ability to get out of traffic and make something out of nothing. Nothing, and um, he if he does move back to half forward, uh, you know, in the coming weeks and as has an impact down there, you know, he can do absolutely anything and. Um, just another excellent season and um, probably someone that's harshly judged now because of the standard he set last year. Yeah, definitely. No, I think he'll work his way back into some form. Uh, yeah. Who have you got coming in fourth? Uh, Nick Floston. we got Dylan Grimes. It's interesting we've both found a spot for a defender there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll start on, on Nick Floston. I think he... Well, I spoke about Asprey before being you know, probably the defender that's benefited most from um, from Rance's injury. But I think Vlosten's the one that plays the most like Alex Rance in our side. Um, he's he's one of the, the better intercept defenders I've seen, um, you know, in the AFL in, in the last uh, couple of years. And what is so impressive about Vlosten is his ability to weave out of traffic. And I can't recall a time where... He's been tackled deep in defence when we look like we're about to give a, give a goal away, and yeah. he just somehow gets out of it and finds the right option. Yeah, another fantastic season, and um, yeah, probably in, in the mix for all Australian. Yeah, agree. No, his ability to get the hands up when being tackled is, is pretty good. Yeah, and Grimes, um, I think, yeah, he's obviously benefited as well from Rance not playing. I think it's now a point in time yeah. where outsiders probably accept and recognise how good of a player he actually is. We've, we've always known it, I guess, but he's sort of getting that outside recognition he deserves. But he his willingness to get to every contest, he's chasing, he's spoiling, uh, he's just become a more rounded player. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he's you know, our club favourite in many ways, and um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get his first All-Australian jumper. Um, in a few months' time, he's... He's a, a truly unbelievable player, and he's held us, held our defence together when it, it honestly looked like it could have completely crumbled into the ground. And um, yeah, when life after Cochin, whether Grimes is, you know, in a position to captain the club, um, yeah, he could be. He could very well be the one. And what I love about Grimes as well, if you if you're watching the game on TV or even at the ground live. Whenever we kick a goal, no matter where he is on the field, it's always the two arms in the air. He celebrates that goal as if he's kicked it himself. He's just that happy for the team or, or the person yeah. who scored it. And it just um, it speaks volumes about the person he is and, and the culture we've created. Yeah, he he's probably the epitome of of what you know makes Richmond such a, a a wonderful club to follow, but also a wonderful club it looks like for players to, to be drafted to and, and to be traded to and, and come through free agency. Um, he's almost the epitome of, of everything that, you know, 2019 Richmond stands for. Yeah, I no, definitely agree. Uh, third place, who have you got? Oh, I've got Dusty. Okay, we've got um, Prestier and Lynch yeah. tied up there at the moment. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh I think with Martin, it's uh, you know again a player that is judged so harshly on on the high standards he set, and he's probably not kicking as many goals as as he you know I wouldn't you'd have to go back a long way to find a, a season where Dusty um, hasn't kicked a goal a game, but he's he's still impacting games like he like he needs to. He's still winning critical moments for us when they're needed, and. Um, you know, I guess on the weekend shows that he's having 30 touches and 
and a, a dozen, you know, half a dozen clearances and almost 10 inside 50s, and you feel like he still has one or two more gears to go to, um, mm. which is which is so exciting for us and um, coming into the finals. And who have we got coming in second place? Uh, Dylan Grimes. Yeah, fair call. I won't be shocked if he finishes anywhere in the top five of the actual BNF, to be mm. honest. Mm. Uh, we've got Basha Hooley. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Very fair. And very, so who, very who fair. have you got winning? Uh, Dion Prestia. Yeah, that I, once again, he's another one. Wouldn't be shocked if he finished anywhere in the top five. He's the way he wins the ball now has just been so good. And I know early on there was a lot of speculation about did we give up too much with pick six, but I think those doubts are well and truly out the window now. What he offers our midfield and the way he gets the ball moving forward, he's not the quickest, but he's a smart runner. Yeah, he apart from uh, Brandon Ellis, you'd probably you'd probably say he's our. Um, you know, our best two-way runner. He he runs both ways. He defends. He he does attack despite probably not kicking as many goals um, as he would have liked. I think he's already, I think he's already um, up to about eighty inside fifties for the year. So, and it's just the consistency that he's bringing every single week to the park. I mean, like I think it was actually Collingwood earlier in the year where he he dipped below twenty touches. So, unbelievably consistent. And what has I guess stuck out more than anything is how much his ball use has improved and he's kicking. Um, there was probably a time a couple of years ago where if Dion got it on half back and had to pierce his way through defense, um, you'd be, you know, a little bit jittery. Uh, but yeah. now you almost back the guy into to hit the right target. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's marketably improved his field kicking and it's made him, you know, an elite midfielder of the comp. It absolutely has. Now he's had a super year. Um, yeah. In number in first position, we've got a tie at the moment with Dusty and Stack. But I feel like without yeah. doing a hell of a lot of investigation into it, I feel yeah. like Martin would have got a lot of twos and threes along the way in the early part, which would have kept him yeah. up with the rest of the pack. And then I think his last month or so, he might have pulled a few more fours and fives. And uh, yeah. there, there's no denying there's a, a big love affair with Sydney Stack from Richmond supporters with the, <laughs> with the way he goes yeah. about it. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's Sydney Stack is is everything. It's right with with us at the moment, and um, I, he's probably you, you wouldn't have thought he would he would win a BNF in his first year, but Sydney's going to be a player you'd think will win it two or three Jack Dye medals the way he's yeah, tracking. He's unbelievable, and the fact we got him for free just makes me smile. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think he and what's amazing is how much he appreciates the fact that we've given him that chance and. And that will always stick with with us, and um, we've we've nurtured him and, and taken him in, and he's repaid the fans, he's repaid the coaches, he's repaid everyone um, for the, the faith shown in him. Absolutely. Oh, that was an interesting exercise. It'll be interesting to see yeah. how they both That's end up fun. at the end yeah. of the year versus what the yeah. the club results are. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll have yeah. to recalculate it later on. Absolutely. Big game coming up Friday night versus the Pies. Mm. Um, before we break it down, it's also Basher Hawley's 200th game, um, and I think he's been a fantastic servant of not only our club, but football in general with the stuff he does in the community. Um, and yeah. He's just an all-round good guy, and it was a big call for him to come over from Essendon. I mean, we weren't really that good of a side back then. Uh, he obviously just wanted some more game yeah. time, and he's carved out a, a pretty good career for himself. Yeah, and I know, I think he spent four or five years at, at the Dons and um, was one of those players very, very similar in many respects to how Sean Griggs' career at Carlton panned out. Yeah. Um, didn't get a lot of opportunity at the Bombers, but we there was always something about him where you knew that this bloke has got so many um, elements of his game that can make him an elite runner and an elite user of the footy off halfback. And, yeah, it's been one of the smartest moves. Damien Harvick's made a lot of good moves in his coaching career. Uh, Bash is one of those, you know, he was probably uh, a couple of maybe disposals or another goal away from winning a Norm Smith medal. Um, very unlucky. <laughs> very unlucky, you know, and I'm not complaining. Never, we'll never complain about Dusty winning the Norm Smith because it was the perfect season, but Basher was probably best on it. Grand I agree. Final, I when when the Whips were cracking and Adelaide were all over us, he was the one who stood yeah. up. Yeah, and, and this year especially, he's like a fine wine and he just keeps getting better. He just keeps churning out disposals and disposals and keeps running, keeps rebounding. And he's like Dill Grimes. He's, he's like the heart of 
he's like the heart of Richmond and and someone that you know aspiring AFL players and 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 our members should be extremely proud of um, who he's turned out to be and the work he's done in the community has been has been first class and um, defied many people in many respects and and become a you know a champion of our club. Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Huge game against the Pies, as we said. It's uh, we're playing off for fourth spot. Would you believe it? I mean, we were talking yeah. it a bit off air, but if we had have thought about this before the buy or, or mentioned it, people would have thought we were crazy. But it's a pretty simple equation, isn't it? Whoever wins uh, sits in fourth spot. And you know there is a little bit of footy left to play out, but I I think it would be almost fair to say that the winner is almost guaranteed to finish top four. Um, with how I guess the fixturing is looking, and and you know us playing at the MCG for the rest of the home and away season, you would think th- this would this is probably the biggest game of the home and away season so far. Um, and we've got a chance, we've got a massive chance to to wrong you know some of the rights that have that have held us back in the last two games against them, um, and you know try and get back that dominance that we did have over them for a number of years. It was a while, wasn't it? I think it was about five or so years. But, yeah, the last yeah. two times, um, they've had our measure. And I, I think if you're Collingwood, you come into this game feeling like you've got the, the keys to success. Like, they would feel like they've worked out a game plan and how to pick it apart. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, they're a good side. I don't want to take that away from them as much as I hate them. But I think in round two, it was a little bit more circumstantial than what it may have appeared. It was our first game without Rance. I think Jack went down early. So there's yeah, a lot of things nice. kind of happening that maybe weren't working for us. And, I, yeah. yeah, I just don't know if they have worked this out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how we approach their game style, whether they do that chipping well, around uh, to try yeah. and open us up or what they're going to do. It probably needs to be worth noting that um, we're only a couple of goals down in round two at the final change, and then they overrun us, and that was a number of factors, I think, that, contributed that night to to what that was and they absolutely destroyed us in uncontested footy and they yeah. destroyed us in the preliminary final uh, with uncontested footy. Uh, I think it was almost, I think they doubled from memory our uncontested game and that just can't happen again. And you mentioned that high possession chip game. It, it's simple for Collingwood to plan and go, all right, we need to keep the footy off Richmond because I think it is a way to beat Richmond. But an, a, a Richmond side that's in form is a pressure side. And if there is enough heat on the ball carrier, then Collingwood will not be able to play that style of game. And then the question's asked, what can Collingwood do with such a short side and with such little defensive uh, key position players? How will they be able to actually control the game if they can't control the facet of the game that they're so good in? So taking away uh, their high possession game is the key to beating the Pies, and that'll come from pressure. And we saw that from when the Giants played them last week. They just out-pressured them and and forced the turnover. So I would really like to think that we're just going to be right up in their faces from the get-go once they get the ball in the back half. Like we... We've been pretty good typically at manning the mark really quickly and, and getting across. But I don't know, that round two game, we were just way off and we just let them do what they wanted. So even a bit of man-on-man stuff wouldn't go astray. But it's a fa- it's a fantastic point that you make about how it was the first game we had played without a five-time All-Australian. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the best players that Richmond's ever had in Alex Rance, not having him there for the first time in years unplanned. Um, and having to adapt and try and find a way to 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 get through, you know, Dugowie and, and Myacek and Mason Cox, it, it's not an easy thing to do. And you would think that from round two to you know round, um, you know, when we when we have them this week in round nineteen, you would think that between that eighteen week period that we would have learnt how to adapt to Collingwood's you know vast array really of forward line talent. Absolutely, and them missing Stevenson is a huge out. I think he was one of the mm-hmm. the better forwards in the comp um, at the point in time before he got suspended, and I reckon that's really caused a bit of chaos for them in the way they set up. They've just lost that bit of firepower. I know Goey's still obviously very dangerous, and um, heaven forbid Mason Cox plays like Wayne Carey again against this, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like the whole dynamics changed, but yeah. you just know they're going to be up and about for that's- this. 
you know, yeah, you you just know it. You know, it's almost um, it's almost unfair for GWS to do what they did. Um, yeah, give him give us on, on the rebound. Yeah, because you know that Collingwood are way too proud of a football club to play two poor games in a row. But in saying that, um, there's still no, in my opinion, still no better side on the MCG under lights than Richmond. And they need to be at their best to, in my opinion, get within four goals. And that's their challenge. Our challenge is making sure that we don't stray from what we've been doing right over the next month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, both teams have got their challenges, don't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you might have seen this in the media, but allegedly the Pies have injuries. Uh, I'm not sure if their yep. their injuries are as deep as ours, but uh, they seem to yeah. be making a lot of excuses already. But uh, Mason Cox, I mentioned him before, he's, he's a bit out of mm-hmm. form. He had four disposals last game. If he plays, what, what's the plan of attack? We obviously saw in the prelim final that no one yeah. jumped in front of him to stop that space, and it was kind of frustrating that we didn't adapt to it. Um, do, would yeah. you put? Would you send someone like Asprey to him, or do we just have to just keep playing our own game and let it kind of sort itself out? Yeah, I think I think backing in what we do well, and that is if there is enough pressure on Collingwood's midfield, then Cox won't get the opportunity to leap at the footy and take those marks basically unopposed. Uh, the key will be um, putting enough pressure on Collingwood's midfielders and then looking to intercept the ball off half-back. And that's how we've beaten Collingwood in the past is if you place enough pressure on their mids, and their mids are fantastic, and, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, Collingwood having one of the greatest midfielders of the modern era. Yeah, there's some great names in there, but they're also vulnerable under extreme heat. And put enough pressure on them, Mason Cox won't get the opportunities, Jordan Degoe won't get the opportunities, and then we can play our fast brand, handball, slingshot, uh, frenetical um, style of game surging forward, and they won't have the defence to be able to um, to be able to quell that. And, and there's the game in a nutshell. And speaking about some other matchups, now the one matchup that I pray, oh, I don't even care who it is to be honest. Someone has to go and stand next to Steel Sidebottom for four quarters. That bloke, yeah. the last two times we've played him, has just been in a field of his own, just doing whatever he wants. And the amount of ball he gets in inside 50s he creates is just too dangerous for us to not give him the respect he deserves. Yeah, his, his prelim was ridiculous, wasn't it? I mean, 40-odd touches. I think he had 14 or 15 marks from memory. crazy. Um, I've tried to, yeah, I've pretty much wiped that game from from my memory. But uh, from my memory of that game, he, he was the, really the difference in terms of work rate and ability to find space in, in an uncontested um, side of the game. And we have to find a way to shut him out. Again, that probably comes down to enough pressure. If there is enough pressure, he won't be able to get into space and be able to do the damage. And that comes from the midfield. That comes from... Rioli and Castagna um, up forward. And uh, Jack Crisp for them has been pretty huge in driving their attacks off half-back. If Sydney yeah. stacks playing forward, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to, go to Crisp and just uh, just wear him like a glove and maybe get a few bumps in here and there. Yeah, and stacks the kind of a player as well that um, Collingwood will be wary of to not branch off him and try and win your own ball. You need to be watching Sydney stack and it's an incredible thing for a young kid to be, you know, be talking about him being a dangerous option for, for the pies. But I actually, I really agree with that. I think Jack Crisp has been probably their most consistent halfback kind of um, player this year. And he needs, he's another one that you need to shut down because he's got a great left leg and um, can really hurt us if we don't pay enough attention to him. So yeah, someone like Sydney, um, to him and or you know even if you you feel like um, you want a, even more pressure you could put someone like Castagna or, or Baker yeah. on him if he plays yeah Baker's a good call as well I think he, he he'd be a good little lockdown uh, defender on one of their attacking halfbacks mm. yeah uh, absolutely Jordan Degoe kicked five goals on us last time. Um, I'm yep. going to assume that Grimes will probably get that job for most of the day. Might rotate with Broad and even Vlosten at times. He seems to yeah. be just uh, their main goal kicker now with Stevenson out. And he, he's in good form. Like yeah. As much as he can be a bit arrogant, he slots him from all over the park. Yeah, he's, he's a freakish talent. And while he probably um, 
you know, hasn't exploded as much this year. In, he's had a great year, but he probably hasn't done as much damage as, as probably last year. But to be, to be honest, I, I almost wouldn't give Grimes first crack at, at Jordan going on Friday night. I think in round two it worked because it was probably the only thing that we could probably think of on such short notice with Rance coming out. Um, so I'm probably more in the camp of giving Broad first crack at Dugowie. I think um, Grimes is way too important to the way we want to intercept and, and launch off our back line. I think he's way too important to sacrifice in that uh, him having Dugowie. So I'd give Broad first crack. No, that's fair enough, Cole. It'll be interesting to see how we play that one. Uh, and the final matchup, you mentioned before Collingwood's key backs. Um, so it's essentially going to be uh, Rewalt and Lynch versus Jeremy Howe and Jordan Ruffhead. And I think Howe and Ruffhead yeah. have been, had pretty good seasons, but with Lynch and Rewalt, the chemistry starting to build. Um, we know Howe likes to go third man up, but having to have both of them down there, I, don't, I think it's going to really restrict his ability to impact the contest. Yeah, and what's what's worrying, and it's and it's probably yeah, it's not about Rewald and Lynch in this um, instance, but what's worrying is when Martin does isolate forward, because, yeah. um, you know when on Saturday when Martin had to be isolated, they had to take their best defender off Lynch and put him on Martin. So that that would be a real worry for Collingwood, and that it's probably why they're probably going to recall Goldsack or Scharenberg, um, because. They're so mindful that Martin will be deep forward at certain stages, if not for half the game. And you can't put um, a medium-sized defender that isn't the greatest one-on-one player on him. You need your best one-on-one player on Dustin Martin, and that's a real worry for Collingwood. And and that's why having Rewald and Lynch up and about makes Richmond almost unstoppable when you get inside 50. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with that matchup. I think you're right that the I think the Pies are looking at Elliot, Goldsack, and Scharenberg as a potential in. So mm-hmm. obviously the last two to maybe mm-hmm. a bit of extra coverage down back because otherwise they'll be all at sea, it, it, and they still might be. But um, from a, a changes mm-hmm. from our perspective, Nankervis obviously played yep. a half last week in the VFL. Do you mm-hmm. bring him back in for this game against Grundy, who's by far probably the best ruckman in the comp this year, or do you let Nank play, you know, maybe three chords in the VFL, build that fitness up, and let let Soldo do his work? Because as we said before, Soldo's been pretty good this year. Yeah, I think my heart's telling me uh, Nank back in, but I think logically uh, it's too hard of an ask to expect him, especially for groin injury, which still makes him somewhat vulnerable without plenty of match fitness. Yeah, um, yeah. I would keep Soldo in for another week. Yeah, I would too. I'm with you with the fitness part because Grundy's going to run him all over the park. He's an extreme athlete, and Nank could yeah, blow yeah. up at three quarter time, and we might need. We, it might be a vital thing that happens. So, yeah, I, I, just, backing, I don't think Grundy's the right matchup yeah. to bring Nank back yeah. in for. I think backing Soldo and Cholin against Grundy is the right move. And I, yeah, I think that'll send a strong message to them as well, and they'll want to respond and repay the faith too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and Josh Caddy obviously played in that new role in the VFL, which you tweeted about. What what was your take yep. from his new role, and do you think he's going to come back in this week and play that role? Yeah, I, I think if he had played out the game, you'd probably say that um, he wouldn't come back in. But considering he was taken off at three-quarter time, that would suggest – and the game was on the line in some respects in the VFL at three-quarter time. So, um, yeah, he's probably, you'd say, 100% locked in to come back in Friday night. And on his role, it was it was fascinating um, to watch Josh Caddy. Obviously, we know we know what he's capable of in the forward line with his power and his ability, his, his goal sense, really. But this role was uh, more of an outside wing role that re- which actually saw him push back deep into defence and become almost like a loose man. Um, and what I did is it, it pumps up his numbers. It, it clearly is going to give him more space to find the footy. And he was being backed into rebound and take the game on through the corridor with his kicking um, and also spend time floating through the wing and then pushing into the midfield. So he basically didn't step foot inside the attacking 50 all game, which is a real fascinating development in his game. But, you know, he's he had 26, I think, 
um, the week before and another 18, 19 on, on uh, Sunday. So it was a really exciting role and very, very fascinating to see um, how that trans, you know, transcribes to, to AFL level. And do you reckon if he comes in, it'll be a, a straight swap for Baker? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. As unlucky as Baker probably would be, um, I think it would be Baker, which probably begs the question on whether Diamari is potentially looking at uh, pushing Shane Edwards back forward and basically having Josh Caddy take Shane Edwards' role. That's that's how I've looked at it. Um, and it's a great evolution to Cads' game, I think, um, having him have that string in his bow. We've still got the ability for him to push forward if there is an injury. Um, it's a really, really exciting development for him. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. It's Yeah, it's going to be something that opposition can't plan for either because, I mean, yeah. we don't even know how it's going to go, let alone how they think it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. And the other player waiting in the wings who didn't play in the VFL but was omitted from the seniors was Camden McIntosh. Um, do you see him mm. coming straight back in given there was no game time due to the short uh, turnaround, I'm guessing? Way too important for mine not to play. Um, we, we, with, Cam, with Camden, you basically can't look at his stat sheet. Um, especially against Collingwood, you feel like he could have a real say in just how much ball side bottom gets. Um, yeah. So I would bring him in and you'd probably say that um, Jack Graham is probably the unlucky one, uh, which, which, is, which is not great. And you, Jack Graham is clearly in Richmond's best side and I think he'll be in for finals. But based on team balance, um, it'll be Graham or if he wanted to make a statement, even Jaden Short. Yeah, I think Camden's importance is uh, vital for this game. Just the way he patrols the open side of the ground when the ball's hemmed in on the boundary line, yeah, is going to be critical to making sure we can shut out those 45-degree kicks that the Pies like to do. So, mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he'll come straight back in. Yep. Um, it'll be just fascinating to see who comes out. Obviously, if Cochin doesn't play, um, Jack Graham would stay in and you'd probably think short then, you know, might be the guy that comes in for, for Camden McIntosh. You, you just, yeah, it's, it's a real... Um, competition for spots are so tight and, and everyone's unlucky um, in some respects. And just to clarify, Cochin was mentioned not because he's injured, so don't freak out, people. It uh, could be so yes. can <laughs> be there for the birth of, uh, of another child. So, yeah, it's uh, not yep. injury-related at all, but we're just not sure when Brooke will be giving birth. But congratulations to them in advance for whenever it does happen. Absolutely, yeah. It's exciting. He's... Uh, you know, it, it shows the character of, of him and, um, you know, that, that family-first mentality that, that all AFL players, you know, should be taking. And, you know, um, it you know, it'd be excellent for him if he um, if he missed the game for, for family-related reasons. There's no, no qualms and any supporters or any AFL players. No, definitely not. All right, before we let you go, Nick, we'll get a tip including margin for this big game on Friday night. How do you think it's going yep. to unfold? Um, I think um, similar to a pattern that that Richmond does set um, specifically in 2018-2017, I think it'll be close for three quarters and then I think we'll pull away to a four or five goal win. So I'll say 27 points. Yeah, it's been about the mark, hasn't it, the last few weeks? I, I mm. think all of my tips have been somewhere in the 20s as well. Um, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll go 24 points. And I, I fully agree with what you said. It's going to be an arm wrestle for the first half or three quarters just because yeah. of the type of game it is. And, but yeah, um, I think with the players... The yeah, I think with the players they've got out and the form that we're in, um, I think the the momentum swings our way for this one, hopefully. And uh, yeah. be good to see the boys get another win and, and lock in fourth spot. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be an absolute cracking game of footy and hopefully a massive crowd you know, comes out and, and shows their support for, for both sides, really. These kinds of games are, are what crowds want to see it's what players play for and it's you know the biggest game of the home and away season absolutely uh no doubt about that at all all right nick thank you so much for coming on tonight mate. really appreciate your insights yeah. uh, good luck with the rest of the journalism for the, the rest of the season the local leagues i'm sure i'll bump into you at some point at some uh, local cricket as well yeah no worries mate my absolute pleasure all right until next time go tigers catch you see you later
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!